0: Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. All right, well, it's nice to have all of you here. It's always interesting in getting up here and seeing the front rows so empty. Um, makes me wonder if you all sit there because Pastor Dave doesn't wear cologne or something. Anyway... Um, Oh, (laughs) yes, thank you for those of you that got that. Um, Have you ever been alone on a holiday? I remember in third grade, I spent Halloween in the hospital. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. Halloween is not a holiday. But to a third grader, on a day when you get free candy, Trust me, Halloween is a holiday. It was a very lonely experience, even though third grade for me was a little more than 20 years ago. Kind of. (laughs) I also remember when I was a teenager, I had spent New Year's Eve basically alone one year uh, with my aging grandfather, who I think went to bed at like 9 o'clock. And I can remember right as the... Year changed, looking out the front window of my house thinking lonely thoughts, of course, and I don't know if we had the term loser back then, but I think it probably would have fit me rather appropriately at that time. It was kind of a lonely New Year's Eve. And uh, I have never spent Christmas alone, but one year I remember spending Christmas broken hearted because that Christmas I had called the girl that I had wanted to marry only to hear her say, I have another boyfriend. That was a tough Christmas and a messed up relationship on top of all of that. Today, I want to talk a little bit about how Christmas is meant to be shared with others. Now, if you have known me long enough, you know that I am not a fan of Christmas at all. Some of the hardest sermons for me to prepare for, let alone to give, are actually Christmas sermons. Uh, I simply lack the motivation because it's just something about the Christmas season that really bothers me deeply within my heart. In fact, one year I was so put off by Christmas, uh, even though I was supposed to give the Christmas message, uh, I didn't. I refused to do so. So what I did when I got up before the congregation, I said, I don't have a Christmas message today. I would like us to spend 20 minutes in silence reflecting on the true meaning of Christmas, and then we'll continue along with praise. Some people had brought friends that they wanted to hear the gospel. But that's what I'm going to this year and be done with it, but we're not going to look I've heard quite a bit this time. Uh, some of you who really know me also know Uh, that I don't like Christmas so much that one year some friends of mine bought me a shirt. I don't know if you can read that by a humbug, Um, but that fits me because that's how I a little bit uh, inappropriate. It's hard for me to get into the Christmas season, and even over the years when I've tried to say that Jesus is the reason for the season, it still has not been able to connect for me. And probably the one thing that bothers me the most about Christmas is that at times people expect me to give credit to some overweight guy in a red suit giving gifts to my children that I had to go get as well as pay for. That bothers me a little bit. So as you can probably assume, my kids do not believe in you-know-who. But I won't say if your kids are in here so that you know you don't have to worry about that. In 25 years of following Christ... Only one year can I remember that I've actually enjoyed Christmas. And that was the year when I was at Moody Bible Institute and the teacher had us read the book entitled Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And one of the chapters that he has in there that is incredibly profound in how he talks about how God, the God of the universe, the God who has created actually became man, stepped down from eternity into time and became just like us. And that was the one year that it had a profound impact on the way in which I celebrated Christmas. Unfortunately, I haven't seen that attitude stick in my life, although this year I'm trying to focus a little bit more on how Christmas is meant to be shared with others, which leads me to kind of get to the point that I want to make today. I was a little bit confused as a staff when we first started talking about preparing for Christmas, and Pastor Dave said he was going to prepare up, and uh, Pastor Matt was supposed to prepare for reaching out, and I was supposed to prepare a cross. And so when Pastor Dave said that I was supposed to prepare a cross, I was a little flustered because I'm not really good with arts and crafts. So I just came up with this. And uh, Okay, that's right. That's prepare a cross. Okay, anyway, for those of you that didn't get it, all right, never mind. All right. If you have to tell it and they laugh afterwards, you know it didn't go over well. Okay, so with all of that said, seriously now, uh, I want us to look at the fact that Christmas is meant to be shared with others. It's meant to be shared in community. So open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 8 through 20. And the beautiful thing is that I'm not going to hit a lot of things this week because next week Pastor Matt is going to share from the same passage and he's going to pick up some of the things that I missed so that you get a fuller picture of the package passage as a whole. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read it. I'm going to try to read it, read it slow. I have a tendency to speak fast when I'm up here, and, uh, but I will try my best to read it slowly. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2 verse 8. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at the shepherds and said to them, the shepherds amazed at what the shepherds had said to them, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, I don't know if you're reading this passage that you could see all the plurals, the they's, the them's, the theirs, And even when Luke says you, it is in a plural form so that we have a sense of what's going on here, that when this announcement comes to the shepherds, it is within the context of community. Now, when I listen to the story or when I read this story, I like this story for two reasons. And the first one is I actually like the surprise of it. What I mean by that is, if you can picture what the shepherds were doing, it was probably for them a normal shepherd's night. Sitting around the campfire, maybe they were eating and talking and just kind of hanging out in a little downtime, being ready just in case some predator comes and tries to take the sheep. But it's just a basic normal day. I don't think any of them were sitting there looking at their sundial watch and going, in about five minutes an angel is going to pop up and tell us the great news of the Messiah. And that's why I like that story, because it's an absolute surprise to them, because where they are at, even on the social ladder, the concept of that God is working in their lives is probably not even on their minds, and yet he is. And I, and that's what I like about this story, because I think many of us, as we move through life, are often in situations where we wonder, or maybe not even wonder, what is it that God is doing in our lives, and then boom, he surprises us and he comes and says something like this in order to encourage or to comfort or to motivate us or inspire us. And I like that part of the story, the fact that God really is working even when we don't see it. But I also like this story for what I believe is the afterglow of all of it. And what I mean by that is after the shepherds have seen this wonderful sight, And they've gone and seen the baby. I believe that it changed their lives forever, that they could never go back being the people that they were beforehand. I can imagine that as they grew older, they had reunions just like World War II veterans or Vietnam veterans or Korean War veterans usually get together and they talk about or reminisce about the things that happened to them reflecting on people in the past and so forth that have gone through their lives. And so I like it because the afterglow also gives a sense of community because God wasn't at work in just individual shepherds like it was not Abraham shepherd that God was working in, in his life, but the community of shepherds in which God was working. And that community would come together often to reminisce and reflect on what God had done in their lives. And so that first Christmas was experienced in a sense of community. Now, I know that as we read through this passage, you're looking there and you're saying, nowhere does this passage say anything about Christmas, let alone that Christmas is meant to be shared with others. Which is true, because if you are a, in a sense, Christmas purist, you're probably thinking, or at least to me, you're saying silently, of course, that Christmas is not when Jesus was born. Jesus was not born on December 25th. It is a pagan idolatrous holiday. It's something that God probably didn't want to have necessarily as a holiday. Otherwise, he would have told us a day. And why do we have to focus on this guy named Santa? That's what you're thinking as a purist. But I think if you look at what is going on here and you take the season as we've made it to be and bring it here into scripture and call it the first Christmas, what you'll see is that it was intended to be experienced in community. Go to verse 14 and look what the angel says. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests now. The birth of Christ at this moment in time is when God would not bring peace only to individuals, but to communities, to the world as well. And my fear is that many times when we see a verse like this, our focus is on the fact that God brings peace to us as individuals in our relationship, and we miss the greater sense of of what God is trying to do in community. Because this announcement was to the community. It was an announcement ultimately to the Jews as a whole to say that God would bring his peace to all men on whom his favor rests. A sense of community. Now, in the original language, what we have here for the word peace is the word Irene. And I love the name Irene. In fact, that's what we wanted to name Haley, I wanted to name her Irene, but then a whole bunch of people said, that sounds like a grandmother's name, and uh, hurt my feelings, mind you, because I always wanted to have a daughter, Irene, and I didn't get it. But I'm not bitter, because we'll talk about that later on when we talk about reconciliation. But the word for the Jews was shalom. And it has a greater significance than the word that we simply have for peace. In a sense, one of the commentaries said this about Shalom. It is a universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. It is the webbing together of God, people, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight. It is the way things ought to be. So when the angels say, glory to God in the highest... And on earth, peace to men whom his favor rests. They were saying in bringing God and man and creation together, shalom, peace, the way things ought to be. Everyone living together in concert, in community. This delightfulness has now come and you as a community can experience this. It's kind of like pieces of a puzzle fitting together. It's a combination of chocolate-covered almonds and haagen French vanilla. It's the flow of ebony and ivory with a piece by Chopin, or Chopin, for those of you who know how to say his name correctly, flowing in a concert. The sense of shalom peace, And I can say Chopin, by the way, because Polish people can pick on each other quite frequently with great ease. The whole idea of what the angels are trying to say is this is a time, the beginning of time when people and God and creation will live in harmony. In a sense, it is like the Garden of Eden with millions of people being able to experience the Garden of Eden, not just Adam and Eve. And so what is going on here is the angels are proclaiming this great message is that they are trying to show us that Christmas, not the day itself or even the season itself, but the idea or the concept of Christmas is to be shared with other people. There is no sense of being individuals or individualizing the Christmas spirit and finding that Christmas is only for you. It's the way in which we read, for God so loved the world, unfortunately, we frequently read it as God so loved me as part of the world, instead of recognizing that God has truly loved all of the world in a corporate sense, and he has given this son for the entire world. There is a sense of community when we begin to experience what Christmas really means. Now, who do the angels share the message with? They share the message with, as it says, a bunch of shepherds within a community who are also living within a community. They did not go to a special prophet. There was no John the Baptist or an Elijah or a Samuel who were were hanging around. They didn't go to the high priest. They didn't go to a noble or a lord or a king and say the Messiah has come. Instead, the angels went to a community of people who would share this experience together so that we could see that Christmas really is intended to be shared with others. In a sense... Christmas is the ultimate family party that is to be celebrated with family. Christmas is meant to be shared with others. So the one thing that I would like you to walk away with today is this, and it's something that you, I would hope, not only realize but believe and embrace, is that Christmas is not simply about a time of giving and receiving of gifts. It's not about a time of having great parties with your community group or at your office or wherever you go, but it's actually a time in which you come together with a community of whom God's peace and his favor has rested upon, and we celebrate. That's why for someone like me, who is still stuck in Bahumbug, Humbug, Christmas should be a season that is a season full of joy and excitement, Because we have the opportunity to experience the shalom peace, the harmony of the way God has intended creation to actually be and experience that during the Christmas season. Now, that's the one thing that I want you to walk away with in your mind. But there are two things that I want you to walk away with in your lives. Now, how many of you have finished all of your Christmas shopping? Anybody? Other than Pastor Dave, okay, and Ruth, and it looks like Sam, okay, good. All right, can I tell you guys what I would like, and then you can, is that what you're waiting for? Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, For us, I hate shopping. Uh, You can ask my wife. I am blessed with a wife, um, I don't know how you say this without making that sound bad, but I'm blessed with a wife who loves to shop for Christmas gifts. How's that? She's a generous person and uh, so she does all the shopping and I get partial glory because, you know, it's a gift from us. It's not a gift from her. Without her, I will be honest with you, no one would receive a card or a gift, not even the kids, because I just cannot get in to Christmas. So it's very good. Now, I realize... Again, in light of the economy and uh, the financial troubles that everyone, not everyone, but many of us or possibly many of us are having, I want to give you the opportunity to give people two gifts this Christmas that will, in a sense, cost you nothing financially, but will cost you something much deeper in order to really experience Christmas as Christmas is supposed to be intended. My hope and goal is that in realizing that Christmas is to be shared with others, that we will respond by seeking to go deeper, a little plug for next year's theme, but to go deeper in sharing Christmas with others. That goes beyond big parties, that goes beyond better food, that goes beyond spending money on gifts for people who don't necessarily need it. Here are the two gifts. Number one, reconciliation reconciliation. Again, if we look at verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. The idea here is a peace of living together in community. And as followers of Christ, what we have been called together is to live as family. Now, mind you, in the midst of a family atmosphere, there are certain family members that are a little bit harder to be shalom, peace with. There are other family members who have definitely hurt us, and the pain of that relationship that is now broken is difficult to overcome. And yet... A gift that we can give to people, a gift that God would want us to give, a gift that God has already given in His Son, is to bring about reconciliation. Now, I don't know if the shepherds were having issues with one another. Like, uh, you're stealing my sheep, or you're doing this with my sheep, or why do your sheep always get the good grass kind of thing. But I can imagine that that Christmas... Experience that they had changed their lives and their perspective forever. And it was not only seeing the angels, but hearing what the angels spoke, then going seeing the baby Jesus in Jerusalem or Bethlehem that would completely change their lives. Because their perspective now was totally different. They had seen the hope of shalom peace that would ultimately come. And this shalom peace that the angels proclaimed was community living like a community or family living like family as God intended family to live. There would be a sense of unity and love and concern and taking care of one another as God had intended from the very beginning. So when we see this necessity for shalom peace in our lives and in our world, God calls us to be shalom makers or peacemakers in the relationships that we have. Now, I would find it hard to believe that among the 150 plus people that are here today, that none of us are living or have a broken relationship. And I would think that God is calling us as we read these verses not just to read these verses and understand the Christmas story, but understand that this shalom peace that God wishes to establish in community, in family, is something that we are to participate in even if we are the person who has been offended. The call then is for us to be peacemakers. (coughs) Excuse me, now... How do we do this? What I don't want you to do in being a shalom maker or a peacemaker is to come up to somebody this Christmas and say, for instance, we'll just say your brother. Say, hey, brother, I want you to know you have deeply offended me when you did this. And I have been bitter for years. And I never let you know how much you have truly angered and disappointed me. Can we be friends now? I'm not suggesting that. I think that would be a horrible way to do about it and would probably create more problems than actually solve issues. In calling us to be shalom makers or peacemakers or bringing harmony within community, I would encourage you to reflect on those who have offended you or to reflect on those that you have offended and begin to pray and say, God, you sent your son Jesus as the angels have proclaimed to bring peace within community. And as I call myself your child, I want to bring peace in the community in which you have placed me in. Please help me to be a peacemaker. And with that in mind, as you continue to pray, to ask God to give you opportunity that when the moment arises and it is appropriate to share, to share what God has placed on your heart, to be a peacemaker in the relationships that you have. Now, the one caveat that I say is this. The person that you may be confronting or the person that you may be apologizing to may not necessarily have the same belief that you have. But the gift that you can give to them is a spirit of reconciliation. The way things are in our relationship, broken as they are, are not the way God has intended it to be. Christ has come to bring shalom peace to all. And I want to participate in that. That is our hope. That is our goal. That is a gift that we can give to people this Christmas. I was going to end the message there, but yesterday um, at lunch with Janet and Stefan, whom I forgot to call until we canceled the seminar for and I felt guilty and took them out to lunch. Janet mentioned one gift I think that was important for all of us to give. That's my props to her, and now she owes me lunch. It's this, time. Time. Give the gift of time. Now, I know some of you are thinking, okay, I have to buy a watch. No. Time. You. Your time. Give the gift of time of your time. The one thing that really bothers me about, well, okay, fine. You're obviously saying one thing that I've said many things already, but is how people spend so much time putting decorations on their house for hours on end and cooking these grandiose meals and, and going out and spending so much time shopping, but still not really spending time with people who matter. I mean, at our house, uh, we, we don't put up gifts, not because my wife doesn't ask, but it's because I want to spend time with people. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to put the things up anyway. But in fact, in fact, one year I left them up the whole summer. People kept asking, why do you have your Christmas lights up? And said, because I'm getting ready for next year. It's good move. Anyway, give the gift of time. You know, this event marked the shepherds. They were changed. And I can't imagine that when you have a deep experience with people, that suddenly you just say, wow, wasn't that great? And you'd never see them again. I can imagine for the rest of these lives that these shepherds, again, got together. They reminisced. They thought. They reflected. They spent time together because this presence of God that they experienced was so great. And what amazes me is that so many of us who follow Christ who would like to experience this shalom, peace, in community, spend so little time together. This Thursday we sat down with a, another group of pastors and it was interesting how one of the pastors was sharing that by getting rid of some of the events in their church, instead of people getting together more because they were now freed up to do so, they actually spent less time getting together. That doesn't make sense. God has freed us from our sin and those around us that we might actually come together as a community and live as a community. And it should be our hope, it should be our joy to celebrate this family together. But unfortunately, many of us get trapped in a Martha-type syndrome and believe that the best gift that we can give people is an enjoyable Christmas dinner or lunch. It's not. Now, I don't want to relieve some of you of making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for Christmas dinner. But what I am trying to say is more important than the food you make or the gifts you give will be the gift of giving yourself in time, quantity time, and quality time to the people that you love and who love you. And it is one of the easiest gifts to give. It doesn't require a lot of thought. It doesn't require a lot of fear thinking that a person's going to re-gift what you're about to give them. All it requires is that you actually sit down and care. And that is what Christmas in one portion is all about people who are living in a shalom, peace community, coming together, living out that shalom, peace among each other, living and loving and caring for one another in ways that reach heart to heart. Now, I don't know how many of you have had your Christmas party yet, but we're having our community group Christmas party today, and I would encourage all of you to bring $10 for the food and the gifts that are included. Extra little announcement. But community goes much deeper, and I would hope and pray that you spend this Christmas together because as the angels and the shepherds show us, it is the heart of God that Christmas would be shared with others. I was thinking originally that Christmas is a difficult time for many people and how suicide is, is a high or increases during this period in time, but um, as I read through the internet articles, I learned that many more suicides occur during the spring season. But I say all of that because there are people who are around us this Christmas who are looking for community. And the scary thing is that they may very well be sitting within our community confines and no one has sat down and spent time with them, listening, listening, and carrying, and even carrying a burden with them. That would be so much greater of a Christmas gift than a CD or a book or whatever it is that you're going to get other people. And looking at this passage in just that one verse in verse 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests, is very simple. One of the ways that we can fully experience Christmas as God has intended is to reach across to those who are around us. Because Christmas is meant to be shared with others. Others that we have become reconciled with and others that we spend time with because we care and we love. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful for the greatest gift that you have given to all mankind. Your son, Jesus. How you looked at us in our mess, in our failures, in our weakness, and you gave, even knowing that many would not receive the gift that you have given. And yet, you have given. And you give because your desire is to bring shalom peace to this world. To bring community. To be community. And for us, as your children, as a church family, my hope and prayer is that this Christmas, we don't spend it with others doing things, but we spend it with others being family, working out our differences, overcoming those differences, loving one another as you've called us to love one another. And may we be so enamored by your glory. So hopeful with the sense of shalom peace that you wish to bring. May we be peacemakers, wherever we may go, that people might see life as you've intended it to be. Fulfilling, satisfying, and delightful. May that be our Christmas as we share it with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.